to That Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to That Wrestling Podcast. The good bad guys of wrestling podcasts are back talking all things of the week that was in professional wrestling. I'm Brian, your host. Let's check in with the boys as our Undertaker WrestleMania streak of everyone being on the show continues. Jason, how are you? Great. Good to hear that. Joe, how's it going? Right on, man. Right on. Kevin, what's going on, bud? You don't say. Wow. That is crazy. Oh, you know, actually, if you didn't figure out by the sound of the crickets, my apologies. I'm the only one here this week. Uh, And if you are a regular listener that you know as host, I'm usually setting the table up for the boys with topics for them to discuss. So this will be interesting, but uh, there are some happenings to talk about this week. And I will give you my crown jewel preview and predictions at the end of the show. So we'll have some fun. Won't be super long, but let's get right on into it. So the news of the day is came across on Thursday afternoon. Nature boy Ric Flair. Woo! you're obligated to do that, has signed a multi-year deal with AEW. It's a two-year deal, according to uh, Rick in an interview with ESPN.com. This is a bit of a shock, I'd say. I think most figured he'd be part of the Sting retirement run and then depart, but uh, that's not the case. His energy drink is also the official energy, energy drink of AEW. And Rick was quoted that he doesn't think he'll be wrestling again But, of course, he wants to. And he also said he wants to get involved with MJF. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Lots of thoughts on this. So, Ric Flair, 74 years old. Okay? 74. He'll be 75 in February. Arguably the greatest of all time. He would die in the ring and be perfectly happy to go that way. Uh, And if he's happy, you know, this is his life. He wants to do wrestling. He wants to be on TV. He's happy. I'm happy for Ric Flair, right? There's only one nature boy. We almost lost him, what, seven, eight years ago now where he was basically on his deathbed and he pulled through. So good for him. I hope it'll be fun all around. Um, The other thing that I figured out kind of seeing this news and really when I watched Dynamite on Wednesday – uh, if you needed last night to to make you realize this, the AEW that you probably first started to enjoy in 2019 or 2020, it is dead. Okay, don't get me wrong. You can still like or love AEW, uh, but it's nowhere, nowhere like how it was three or four years ago. I mean, just last night, you had segments with Adam Copeland, Christian, Big Show, Sting, Chris Jericho. Now, okay, yes, Jericho, Sting, they've they've been in AEW for a while, Jericho from the beginning. Uh, But my point is Jericho at that time, he was probably, I'd say along with Dustin Rhodes, the only like older veteran on the roster. And now you got all those guys that I mentioned, and now you're adding Ric Flair. Uh, Again, you know, maybe you still love it, but I guess my point is this this really hit home for me last night, and then the Ric Flair signing kind of sealed it. The idea of AEW being an alternative to WWE looks like less and less of a thing to me. 
they are very, very similar in a lot of respects now when it comes to the roster. So with Ric Flair now being all elite, does this give WWE the angle to give John Cena championship 17 to break Rick's record? We know WWE can be very, very petty. And they already announced Cena when he comes out as the greatest of all time. Okay. So I don't, I don't think I'd put it past them. I don't know if this would be the catalyst. They may have done it anyway. But I can certainly see them sticking it to Ric Flair to say, hey, 17-time John Cena. I'm not sure the angle to get to it, at least right now. I couldn't see him pinning Roman. Uh, I don't think that's the way. They already did their thing at SummerSlam a couple years ago. Uh, But I do think so. I do think they pull the trigger on number 17 for Cena because Petty is one of WWE's hallmarks. They... They love the competition. They love taking shots uh, from business standpoint. That's what they do. And I, I think that's exactly what the, will happen here with John Cena breaking Ric Flair's record. All right. On to something that I was so pumped for. The long, long, long awaited release of the WWE Network documentary of Superfan, the story of Vladimir. This was first announced to be in the making at WrestleMania in 2021. So here we are, you know, basically two and a half years later, it's finally released. I'd been begging to see this because for for those of you who don't know who Vladimir is, he was the original green smiley shirt guy in the front row of every pay-per-view or Brock Lesnar guy with the guy with the shirt, right? As a fan growing up in like the late 80s and 90s, you'd always see him. He'd be in the front row at all these big wrestling shows growing up for years and years. And I can remember being, you know, my my whatever I was, 11, 12 years old, and always seeing this guy, Vladimir, and wondering like, what is his deal? He's always there. And so fast forward years later, find out that they're doing a documentary on him and and knowing how good WWE network documentaries are they're always fantastic i was excited um i won't give too much away i watched it on sunday night uh but if you do plan on watching it i do highly recommend it it's only 37 minutes long so right away i was like oh i figured it'd be at least an hour so it is a quick watch and you will see just how important WWE and wrestling is to Vladimir and that speaks to a guy like me and and I'm sure you if you're listening to a wrestling podcast you're a big wrestling fan right so I think you'll enjoy that would give uh uh, give me to say I highly recommend you watching the super fan the story of Vladimir great stuff on the WWE network Couple quick things on Monday Night Raw uh the final one before Saturday's crown jewel uh, very curious what you think about Miz seemingly turning face to take on Gunther uh, at that WrestlePod, right, on our social media, that WrestlePod at gmail.com. Um, love your thoughts on this one because I thought it was completely out of nowhere. Um, Gunther calling out Miz for not being, like, serious. Miz then kind of flips the switch. He gets into all of his accolades. I think it could work, but I, I guess the fact that 
you know, Miz hasn't really won anything in a while. It it doesn't feel like this is going to give me the excitement that other Gunther matchups had, like Chad Gable, Sheamus, Drew, uh, Ciampa, Bronson Reed. So, uh, I mean, I'm always going to give it a chance. And Miz, we know, is a, a Hall of Fame performer. But that one did catch me off guard on Monday. And I, I'm I'm still going to wait and see if that one's going to play out as good as some of those other ones. Hey, hell of a debut on Raw for the Creed Brothers. If you haven't seen them in NXT, they are special, special athletes. Fun match defeating Alpha Academy. I'm glad they got the win. Um, and, and watching those two, cause they're, they're very similar. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of classic technical wrestling ability that all those guys have. I was watching this match. I was reminded of that line that the Joker said to the Batman in the dark night. And he said, I think you and I are destined to do this forever. I can see those guys matching up for a long, long time. Also want to shout out Chelsea Green and Piper Niven for the Halloween costume of Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Piper especially, she killed me. She had the the classic goatee, of course, of the Anvil. Natty's dad. That was so funny. Kudos to all involved for putting that together. Really got a good kick out of that. Uh, Let's see. Let's get back into AEW. So, oh, Tony Khan, Tony Khan. Why Tony Khan? He promoted for this week's Dynamite a quote-unquote important announcement. And in the show, you know, watching on Wednesday night, we go backstage to him and Nigel McGuinness is there, which is, is just funny and awkward to be like Excalibur going, let's go backstage to Tony Khan. And Excalibur's right there like going, hi, this is Tony Khan with me. Nevertheless, um... We're here to hear Tony's important announcement, which is the ticket on sale date for all in two. Guys, why does he do this? Why? Why why do we like I'd say what every let's say month and a half or so we get a in, in air quotes here major announcement or important announcement or important statement. And needless to say, from what I saw online, everyone agreed with me. Uh, This could be a press release. This could be a tweet. This could be a graphic running on the bottom of the screen of Dynamite. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, I think I read this was coming off last week's Dynamite, which was the second lowest rated one of the year. Um, And I think uh, Brandon Thurston, he's the guy who runs wrestlenomics the the business and economics of the wrestling world uh he summed it up best i saw this and i was like yeah this is exactly why this stuff irks me he put this on his twitter and he says hyping a mystery announcement and revealing it's a ticket on sale date even for aew's biggest show demonstrates an astonishing disconnection with what fans care about Who could possibly take seriously the inevitable next heavily hyped major announcement? This, among other things, should raise questions as to whether Tony Khan is creating a working environment where smart people are willing to challenge him on decisions, and if so, whether he's listening. End quote. I thought that was really well said. Because, yeah, is there anyone TK goes to? 
for feedback for things like this. It doesn't seem like it, right? Um, but yeah, tickets go on sale for all in just fell completely flat. And, and what was him? What was up with him saying like my family's had our my holiday Christmas tree up since July or something? It's weird, man. What the heck? What's wait till wait till the day after Halloween? That's even that's too early. But we don't be putting it up in July. Come on now. But I guess when you're a billionaire, you do whatever the the hell you want, I suppose. And that'll that'll go with that. Um, couple other quick AEW things. So, um. MJF defeats Kenny Omega on collision on Saturday. I didn't see the match. I heard it was pretty good and MJF won clean. So that's, that's really, really cool for him. Um, so now he has the official longest title reign in AEW history. And my question for uh, the boys, if they were here to join me tonight is what letter grade would you give MJF's title reign? And I'm, I'm trending in the B plus A minus range. All right. It's, it's been, it's been great. It's been mostly excellent. I think it was a little bit of a rough start with, um, Brian Danielson. And it was the whole classic AEW cliche of the, if you can beat these next four opponents, these next four weeks, you get a shot. I was like, Oh, we really doing this again. And it had been done like at least three or four times. Um, so that was bummer. Um, I, I think what everything's going on here with the bullet club gold is, is okay. Um, the whole Adam Cole thing though, was, was the peak for me. Um, and you know, who knows what would be happening if Adam Cole didn't break his ankle, uh, jumping off the, the ramp at, uh, um, Arthur Ashe, uh, for that big show. Um, so yeah, it's been mostly good. Some of the, the, the transformation now he's officially a face is a little eh, and, and you know, but it, we're nitpicking here. I think the biggest revelation, um, and this came from like the, the Iron Man match with Danielson, uh, the match um, at all in with Adam Cole is MJF can wrestle and he can wrestle his ass off. He doesn't do a whole lot of the high flying moves and, and these, you know, um, just challenging type of things. But when he does, it means a hell of a lot because it's special for him to do those things. And he shows the ability to do those things. It's 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 fantastic. So, so yeah, high, high marks for the MJF title reign. However, one other thing on the MJF note. So I think I saw this earlier on Thursday or Wednesday. Uh, the press release for All In. Um, came out for the tickets, right? That, of course, Tony Khan's important announcement. That comes out, and apparently they say, like, All In will feature, and it lists all the names you would expect. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, The Young Bucks, all of them. And not MJF. Hmm. I think you would have your world champion in your press release for your next big show of all in uh, if you're trying to break a record again. Okay. So, all right, well, whatever that, that is what it is. But then I saw this on Twitter and I'll, I'll post this. If you're watching on our YouTube page, I'm putting this on right now. MJF tweeted this and it was right around the same time that the news broke of uh, Ric Flair 
joining the company. And so very curious timing, okay? And I'm pulling it up right now here. Uh, I want to make sure I, I say this absolutely right. Uh, now it's not coming up. Okay, that's fun. What it was saying essentially, and I, I really think it was just this, 58 days. That was it. He tweeted it and he deleted it. But I caught it. I screenshot it, as you see, put it up there. 58 days. There hasn't been a whole lot of on-air talk lately of uh, the bidding war of 2024, the MJF contract, free agency. I presume that's what he's alluding to. So you got that, and you've got him not included in the press release. Guys, what do you think? Is, is it just, are, are we being worked here? Is he already signed? Because obviously he's the top of the card, right? So it's not like they're like moving him down the card for him in anticipation to leave. But then again, Jade Cargill. Right? She was the top of the card. She lost one match, came back, and then was gone. So, I don't know. I mean, I I still think, whether it's a work or a shoot, I don't think he's going to WWE. I think just, he, he seems that the AEW at least allows him to do what he does. And I think that would win out, and I, I'm sure Tony Khan would pay him uh, King's Ransom to stay with AEW. But I don't know. Just a couple things. These these weren't part of the show. A couple of things that you had to, you know, look on the Twitter, look online and go, hmm, interesting. So put that in the back of your memory bank, all right? We'll, we'll see if anything more pops up as we uh, get closer to wrapping up the year here uh, and get into 2024. Okay, uh, I've talked a lot, uh, but let's get into Saturday's Crown Jewel card. Uh, this one looks pretty fun. I think we have eight matches. We have a kickoff show match. I don't remember the last time we've had one of those. Uh, so I'll give a prediction, but also, like, I had questions planned for the boys. Thanks again, guys. You know, I'm just putting guys on my back here for this week's episode. That's cool. We'll take care of it. Um, so I'll have some questions with some of these matches, too, just to, to okay, kind of set the stage on, on where these feuds and things are going. Uh, so we had, uh, yeah, the kickoff show, Sammy Zayn and JD McDonough. Uh, I've got to go with Sammy. He's over huge in Saudi Arabia. I'm going Sammy Zayn. I don't, has JD McDonough won a match uh, since he's been on the main roster. He's usually in to take the beating or to like help out the judgment day to get, have somebody else to get a win. I don't know if he's actually won a match. So I'm, I'm going with Sammy on that one. John Cena, Solo Sokoa. Um, my question was, have you enjoyed this last Cena run? And I'll say yes. Um, you know, if this was helped to design to get LA Knight to the main event, I think job well done. Um, yeah, he's not he's not the featured guy per se, but he, he's still in the top of the card. Interesting that he mentioned on SmackDown. I think he said he hasn't won a like televised match in five years. It's crazy to think that way. Crazy. Uh, considering if you were a fan back in the heyday and like the mid 2000s of him coming up, uh, he was super Cena. He never lost, never lost. So here we are here in 2023. That's what it is. Um, I'll, I'll go with Cena here to, to break that streak. Why not? Ray Mysterio, Logan Paul, U.S. title. If Logan wins the title, 
we could have two part-time champs. Roman barely shows up. Logan, you know, he, he seems to come up enough, but I don't think he's going to be wrestling every week. Certainly not. So wonder what your thoughts were, again, on uh, if Logan Paul is a champ, part-time champ, let us know at that WrestlePod if you got some feelings on that. But I think that's the way to go. Rey Mysterio doesn't need the U.S. championship. He's fine. He's Rey Mysterio. He's already a Hall of Famer. He doesn't need anything else. Let's get Logan Paul. Let's have some fun with that. I think Logan, right, he's technically a free agent. So while he may not be there every week, he could be on Raw one week. He could be on SmackDown the next week. I think it could be a lot of fun, and, and Logan's just an incredible performer, so I'd love to see what he does as U.S. champion. Uh, EO Sky, Bianca Belair, I think I'll stick with EO. Not getting a good feel for this one either way, but we'll stick with the champ. Cody versus Damian Priest. Are you like me? Are you ready to move on from Cody versus the Judgment Day? I, I think I'm ready, and I'm, I don't think it's – unfortunately, I don't think it's it yet. Um, but, yeah, Cody fought – dom what back in july and money in the bank uh yo here we are it's november so <laughs> i think with survivor series likely being war games we'll have a final blow off probably of uh cody and jay uso and sammy you know together and, and the judgment day so I, I think that's where it's headed so i i don't have a great feel either way i'll still go with cody but i'm ready to go to what's next please Five-way women's championship, uh, Rhea, Nia, Zoe, Raquel, and Shayna. Uh, you know, in those situations, anybody could win because of fluke pins and, and whatnot. But I don't think Rhea is going to lose until Mania. You know, they've had a little tease with her and Becky Lynch. I don't, I don't think it would happen here. I'd be surprised, but... You know, I wouldn't mind really any of those women winning. I think there's some cool angles for all of them. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre. We talked on the program a couple weeks ago about how much we've enjoyed this. Basically, I'm looking out for me. Screw all you guys, Drew McIntyre. Screw the bloodline. Um, so this one, I don't know. I, I still, for this match... I'll still go Seth Rollins. I think Drew needs to be screwed one more time uh, to really maybe go full-blown heel or just go all the way with this direction. All right? So I can't see Drew coming out victorious. But as I've said on SummerSlam and Backlash and Fastlane, could we get a Damian Priest cash-in? Maybe it's on Drew McIntyre. Maybe Drew wins and Priest cashes in and that causes Drew to go flip out that he finally won a championship in front of the crowd and now he loses it in like 30 seconds because Judgment Day beats him up. So I think there's some angles there. Um, for for uh, tradition's sake, I have to say Damien Priest is going to cash in and win because I'm going to say that until it happens or <laughs> he loses. That's just how it has to be. Um, and then finally, Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight. The question I had for the boys, how do you make L.A. Knight look good despite losing? He's not going to win. Uh, Roman Reigns is not going to lose until WrestleMania. Barring injury, barring something crazy that the rock the rock can only wrestle at the royal rumble or something you know who knows um but yeah la knight's not gonna win and the 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 yeah revolution the la knight push um it's important to make him look good 
to not have him lose all this momentum. The feud's been fun. I like how LA Knight stepped up to him. I loved the other day where on SmackDown, he interrupted him on the walk down for Roman's dramatic entrance. That was cool. Haven't seen that before. I think the match will be fun. Um, I think how you make him good look good despite losing is whoever LA Knight's next feud is, that person has to cost him the match. Maybe that is the judgment day. You know, may, who knows who it could be? Bobby Lashley. Uh, there's a lot of guys who it could be. Um, but yeah, I don't want, I just don't want Jay or excuse me, Jimmy Uso interfering or Paul Heyman or anything like that. Um, you got to have the next guy so that that next guy, LA Knight, can go right after and the fans will still be behind him. That's the way I do it. Roman Reigns is going to win. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but hey, maybe I'll be wrong. I doubt it. YouTube.com backslash that wrestling podcast at that wrestle pod for all your social media. What a maneuver.net for your wrestling, uh, for that wrestle pod merchandise. As my dog starts chewing a squeaky toy to distract me and cause me to mess up the end of my read. For the rest of the guys, Jason, who's not here, Kevin, who's not here, Joe, who is not here, I'm your host, Brian. Everybody, enjoy Crown Jewel, and as always, enjoy wrestling. We'll talk to you next week. And by we, I mean more than one of us. At least it better be. Thanks for listening. Follow That WrestlePod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. One, two, three, that's it! Thanks for watching That Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And for more That Wrestling Podcast content, follow at That WrestlePod on social media.